Wendy Bell. Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? Folks, it's so frustrating. I have warned so many people so many times that we were headed right where we are. The left-wing lunatics are trying very hard to bring back COVID lockdowns and mandates with all of their sudden fear-mongering about the new variants that are coming. Gee whiz, you know what else is coming? An election. They want to restart the COVID hysteria so they can justify more lockdowns, more censorship, more illegal drop boxes, more mail-in ballots, and trillions of dollars in payoffs to their political allies heading into the 2024 election. Does that sound familiar? But to every COVID tyrant who wants to take away our freedom, hear these words, we will not comply. Well, here we are, folks. That is exactly, in a nutshell, what all of this is about. And the icing on the cake for these people would be convicting him and then indicting him and sending him to jail then. And it's all been it's it's all been so so predictable. Three hours of gold, truth, and excellence. You've just signed up for the WBR Army. Welcome aboard. This is the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Hey, hey, welcome back. Hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio Cro- Program is officially on the clock. I'm super excited about this half hour because there's been a study conducted that I think answers a lot of the questions common sense conservatives have as we look at this crazy liberal landscape of politics, of social justice, of activism, especially as we look at children, college kids, high schoolers. Now, I have a friend, and I have to admit, we don't talk very frequently, but she's uber, uber liberal. And when we do talk, she's troubled by the issues that her children are having, and she doesn't understand why her kids are struggling so much, and it makes me feel for her, because I want to say, pal, you're miserable, (laughs) You're miserable, you're hypercritical, you never smile, you're angry all the time, you're a typical leftist. No wonder your kids are weird. No wonder they're screwy. Well, here you go. Parenting is the key to adolescent mental health. This is an article I want to read you. It's a study, and it's fascinating. After a decade of surging adolescent mental health problems and suicide, the nation's leading public health authorities have declared an emergency. Unfortunately, the solutions proposed by organizations like the CDC and the American Academy of Pediatrics, such as increased funding for diagnostic and psychiatric services, don't meet the challenge. And they ignore what are likely to be the most important causes. Adolescent biology has not changed. Something has person writing this is a gentleman by the name of Jonathan Rothwell. And he must have been one of the folks who was involved in the study. And he writes this. My colleagues and I at Gallup 
launched a study this summer to understand the causes. We surveyed 6,643 parents, including 2,956 who live with adolescents, an adolescent. And we surveyed an additional 1,580 of those adolescents. Now, that's super interesting. Not only did they talk to the parents, they talked to the kids who belonged to the parents. We asked about mental health, visits to doctors, parenting practices, family relationships, activities, personality traits, attitudes towards marriage and other topics, including excessive social media use. I think that's a huge issue. Period. And I'm guilty. As discussed in prior work, I also present the results in a new Institute for Family Studies and Gallup research brief. Listen to this. The findings are clear. The most important factor in the mental health of adolescent children is the quality of the relationship with their caregivers. The quality of the relationship with their caregivers. This, in turn, is strongly related to parenting practices, with the best results coming from warm, responsive, and rule-bound, disciplined parenting. The data also revealed the characteristics of parents who engage in best practices and enjoy the highest quality relationships. When it comes to the quality of parenting practices and the quality of child-parent relationships, there's no variation by socioeconomic status. It's not money that makes you a good parent or a bad parent or an effective parent. The results may be shocking to many highly educated Americans who were taught to believe that socioeconomic status dictates everything good in life. Income does not buy better parenting and more highly educated parents don't score better either. Parenting style and relationship quality also do not meaningfully, meaningfully vary by race and ethnicity within our U.S. people. So it doesn't matter how educated you are. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter how much money you have. That's not what makes you an effective parent with effective offspring. These results are not unique simply to the Gallup sample. In 1997 and 1998, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics collected summary data on adolescent parent-child relationships. And the, the analysis of these data shows that parental income, wealth, and race ethnicity don't bear any relationship with the parenting measures predictive of the long-term well-being of children. Education explained less than 1% of the variation. There you go. So any of you who kick yourselves out there because you're not the richest in the neighborhood, you didn't go to college, you don't have a degree, you don't drive the fancy car, you clearly don't stack up. You're wrong. A hundred percent. Some parental characteristics do matter. Political ideology is one of the strongest predictors. Conservative and very conservative parents are the most likely to adopt the parenting practices associated with adolescent mental health. They are the most likely to effectively discipline their children while also displaying affection and responding to their needs. Liberal parents score the lowest, even worse than very liberal parents, 
largely because they are the least likely to successfully discipline their children. Don't you think that the lion's share of the protests, of the George Floyd madness, of the looting and the fires, the crazy and the woke would have been stopped long ago? Had somebody had the stones to say, sit down, Sonny, not now you won't. They fed the monster. They empowered it. And the monster is roaming around our country. By contrast, conservative parents enjoy higher quality relationships with their children, characterized by fewer arguments, more warmth, and a stronger bond, according to both parent and child reporting. Aside from political ideology, parents who think highly of marriage by disagreeing that it is an outdated institution and agreeing that it improves the quality of relationships by strengthening commitment, exhibit better parenting practices, and have a higher quality relationship with their teens. Parents who wish for their own children to get married someday also tend to be more effective parents. Those who embrace a pro-marriage view on all three have the best outcomes. It's interesting. When you normalize divorce, and I'm not sitting here telling you that if you got divorced, you're a bad person. Certainly not. You are you. You know you. But part of the plan to destroy us involves strongly destroying that American nuclear family unit. And when marriage is seen as something that is disposable, that is something that's merely a legal document that with the stroke of a pen can be absolved, bad things happen. Other relationships seem to affect the current child-parent relationship too. Parents who give high ratings to their relationship with their spouse or their romantic partner are also more likely to adopt best practices as parenting strategies and enjoy higher quality relationships with their teens. While nationally representative summary data on parenting is rare, the foundation of this report rests on decades of research. Even though there are biological and genetic risk factors for every disease, every mental health condition, et cetera, et cetera, years of research have established that parenting and the parent-child relationship is of paramount importance to the well-being and psychological functioning of adolescents. And, in, and it goes on. And if you're part of our Locals page on the Wendy Bell Radio Network app, Wendy Bell Radio, I'm gonna, we put all these links to what we're looking at so you can click on this. Follow your instincts. Love your kids, obviously. No relationship is perfect, but you're on the right path. Period. And there's more. When we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, I got to play a meltdown. I mean, it's a, a fiery meltdown. MSNBC Donnie Deutsch, who is a vocal, vocal leftist, puts his foot down. What was his final straw? I've got it for you next. 
It's easy to forget our kids are paying attention to us. Right? They watch. They hear it all. I don't know if you have this in your family. I have a couple lurkers. One in particular, lurker. He's Captain Eavesdrop. (laughs) I think I know. (laughs) And it's very interesting. Like Your children pay so much attention to you, to all of us. And it's easy to feel like you're just flailing and, my golly, what am I doing? It's not working. Yeah, it is working. It is, it is working. Traditional family values. And I'm not sitting here throwing stones at liberal parents, even though I really am, because it's not working. It's not working. And this study suggests it's not working. Your children see you angry all the time. That says a lot. Now more, th- now more than ever. We need to remember that family unit. It's easy to get too busy, to get too worried, or what have you. But they're paying attention to you. This is interesting. Albert Borla. I want to read you this before I get to Donnie Deutsch. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I-, I want you to consider how ridiculous it is that Albert Borla who's on my top 10 list of most despised individuals, who became a billionaire because of COVID, wagging his finger at the presidents of those three universities who failed to be able to, to clearly say, calling for the, for the murder of other people is not allowed. That's not sane. That's not rational. And it's not allowed on our campus. Albert Borla clutching his pearls, telling you to get another booster, though he has been never vaccinated, if my knowledge is correct. Pfizer chief Albert Borla took to X on Wednesday to condemn the president's blah, blah, blah. I was ashamed to hear the recent testimony of three top university presidents. In my personal opinion, it was one of the most despicable moments in the history of U.S. academia. Call says all three of them should resign or should be fired. Albert, my man, that's rich. That is so rich. Donnie Deutsch is not a fan of conservatives. Certainly not a fan of Donald Trump. And he's been triggered on multiple occasions. And we've played some of his audio sound bites. He's a dude on MSNBC, if I'm not mistaken. And this is what happens, and this kind of piggybacks off of this study about liberal parents and the children that they have often struggling with mental health issues. When leftists and the militant spawn of indoctrination meet, this is what you get. You get crazy students doing crazy things, making people feel very uncomfortable and fearful and Donnie Deutsch yesterday on MSNBC on realizing that the people that they thought that the Jewish community thought they were in a club with they thought they were protesting with really has hated them all along this is his realization of that reality go Any other group was singled out for genocide. 
whether it's Catholics, whether it's Hispanics, whether it's African-Americans, whether it's Asians, we know what would happen. There would be justifiable outrage. But somehow the genocide of Jews falls in a gray area, falls in an area of context. And I'm even tired of the word anti-Semitism. It's Jew hatred. We have seen international organizations saying about Jew Jewish women being raped that you've got to have context to it. There can never be a condemnation of Jewish women being raped, savagely executed. So the raping of Jewish women requires context when the raping of other women doesn't. And the calling for the genocide, the genocide of Jews, that requires context. Where are our leaders? Where are our leaders in corporate America? Where are our leaders in the entertainment industry? The silence is deafening. This is hatred towards Jews. You are condoning genocide. I promised I wasn't going to get worked up this morning. This is so dangerous. We, you have 70% of kids at MIT afraid to admit that they're Jews walking around. This is where we are. And there is going to be violence. Because when an institutionalist, yeah. when a head of a, pres a university can't come out in black and white and say, this right. is abhorrent, you are basically endorsing it. And if these presidents right. have their jobs one more day, it's disgusting. When hate comes after you, it's amazing the clarity that you have. I don't understand why Joe Scarborough there didn't call out the person he's talking about, Pramila Jayapal, head of the Progressive Caucus of Suck, asked specifically by CNN. Don't you believe that Hamas using rape as one of their strategies is reprehensible? Eh. Depends on your context. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, it does not. North is still north, ladies and gentlemen, even if you stand by yourself. Coming up next, the media shaming hardworking Americans for suffering under Bidenomics. It's your fault, didn't you know? Next. Now, I have to say that there are few things more aggravating than knowing something is going on and being told that you're wrong. When somebody says to you, nope, you've got it all wrong, that's not the case. We heard this many times in the Biden administration. One of my personal favorites was when polling came out, because it's always about finances. We know this. Without money, we don't do. When people get strapped for money, they get stressed. They respond accordingly to surveys. And Joe Biden was asked by a reporter, well, what do you make of the discontent people have with the economy? Shelves are bare. Supply chain is a complete cluster ball, one could argue, because of your policies. We didn't have to argue that. It's true. Joe Biden said he did not understand what is wrong with people? Everybody's got an extra $10,000 in their savings account. And Brock and I looked at each other and we're like, what? What are you talking about? Well, that's just one lie. How about this? And we've been seeing this. Liberal journalists are shaming hardworking Americans, people like you, for suffering under the Biden economy. Isn't it amazing that they're never there to make it easier for you? They knock on your door in the middle of the night to shake you down in front of your family and your neighbors to send a message. 
don't you dare exercise your constitutionally protected rights because we're watching you. What else do they do? Oh, they want to send the IRS after you. Need all these new agents to squeeze you. More taxes. It's not about going after the rich. It's about going after you. The rules. The regulations. The stipulations. The red tape. The nonsense. The roundabouts. There's nothing that they do for you. And now they're going to say to you, you're obviously too, too dumb to understand what's going on with this whole Bidenomics thing. Middle out, bottom up, whatever the hell that means. It works. We need to fix our messaging, apparently. No. So I want to read this to you from the Washington Free Beacon. Love the site. President Joe Biden has a problem. Well, he does. This one in particular. America's journalists are doing everything they can to help him solve it. But as is often the case when journalists try to help, the problem only gets worse. What's the problem? Everybody is hurting. Look, the, the uber wealthy might be doing super duper well. And if that's the case, fantastic for them. The uber, uber wealthy pay 70% of our taxes. Okay? When the bottom half of this country pays zero. Zero. Pay your fair share. I won't says Hunter Biden, but you should. 81-year-old president has sought to base his re-election campaign on Bidenomics. Of course, most voters aren't pleased with the state of the economy. 14% of Americans, one-four, and 24% of Democrats said they were better off financially under Joe Biden. I don't know how you can get 14% of Americans and then 24% of Democrats. I don't know. Enter the liberal journalists who have rushed to Biden's aid. By doing what they do best, shaming the American public for having the wrong opinions. Isn't that the case? You're wrong. How many times have you had to try to have a a reasonable conversation with somebody on the left? And you're like, well, I'm just I'm telling you what I see. And what I see is my taxes are out the wazoo. And I'm not making enough money to cover it. You're wrong. You're wrong. Really? Okay. We got a little audio for you. And I think this is very telling. It is a it is a, a mashup of these voices who like to wag their fingers at you and try to tell you how wrong you are. You know, when I was a TV journalist, when I was a radio a TV um, news anchor and reporter, my job wasn't to go out and preach to people about something that I thought I knew about that they didn't. My job was to go out and, and figure out the pulse of the people. Well, what do you think? Well, what do you say? How do you feel? What do you see? They don't do that. They don't care. Stop thinking that these people care about you. Because they don't. They don't even care about their activist, militant minions on college campuses. Those are just a means to an end. Those are clone troopers. They've been drinking the Kool-Aid. Now they're mixing it and serving it to others. They don't care about those people. They don't care about your sons and daughters. As we'll hear here in just a little bit, the plan is to send your your children in the military to war. What? This is a media mashup of all these voices telling you you're just not smart enough to realize that this economy is fantastic. You just don't get the messaging. Go. 
I've become convinced a huge part of the negative perception of this economy is that good economic news just doesn't make the same kind of splash. The sky is falling. Well, actually, no, it isn't. Quite the opposite. Our economy is going a hell of a lot better than any other country's. Pessimism, in many ways, is, is what's making people think this is a bad economy. But Bidenomics looks like nothing short of a miracle right now. Country's in a sour mood. He's not getting credit for what I think is a fairly substantial a list of achievements. So in some ways, you know, Biden is uh, fighting against a, a tide that he can't control. Progress and improvement has undeniably happened. Jobs, inflation numbers, growth, it's undeniably happened, but a lot of Americans don't know about it. Oh. Yeah, Bidenomics has really been kind of a negative, become a negative word, especially among Democrats, because it's not working. Statistically, the economy our, has gotten better. Our economy is booming. No, really, just look at the figures. Real disposable income, down since May. Uh, savings rate, down two percentage points since May. It's plummeting like that. The people really feel the, the effects of inflation the most are the lowest income people. It's not that inflation's going down. The speed in which it's going up has slowed. What is it about these, these journalists who are so quick to sell that line to you. Clearly, it can't be the entire newsroom that is that is conned, that's in on the bribe, that's worried about losing their job. Is there not one person there who one would argue went to journalism school in order to understand how important it is to have a free and fair press? Do they not feel so so royally conflicted? By being given marching orders by people who suck. Politico lamented last week that Biden may soon bear witness to an economic miracle that might not mean a lick to voters and quoted longtime Democratic strategist James Carville. Scolding voters for failing to appreciate the president's success. Quote, people's attitudes about the economy are pretty stubbornly in the wrong place, he said. Joy Behar saying it too. Statistically, the economy has gotten better. This is where they started getting into the uh, the semantics of suck, right? Well, it depends on what your definition of a vaccine is. Remember when they tried to fiddle with the, well, beyond woman. What, what is a woman? Well, that, that defies all imagination now. We can't possibly nail that great mystery of the dark down. Remember when they were talking about inflation? Well, inflation is three successive quarters of blah, 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 whatever the hell it was. Well, actually, it's not. Cue your friends at Wikipedia. Let's change that around, right? We're going to modify that. Get your fact checkers in. Get your, get your people out there in social media to silence anybody who wants to bring up something else. And it, of course, you would be remiss to talk about this if you didn't talk about The Atlantic. Publishing several articles, shaming voters, shaming, shaming voters for failing to appreciate all of these economic achievements of Joe Biden's administration. This is going to get you. Inflation is your fault, wrote Annie Lowry. The wife of multimillionaire New York Times colonist Ezra Klein. It's your fault. So look, I'm gonna I'm gonna Jen I'm gonna Jen Pisake and I'm gonna circle back the way she always liked to circle. I'm gonna circle back. 
I'm going to circle back to my opening monologue with you. It's never about what you want. It's about the crazy. It's about the optics. It's about running interference. It's about the smoke screens. It's about the corruption. It's about the money laundering. All of it is connected. And we haven't even opened up Pandora's box today about what's really going on on the border. Did you see the story that Joe Biden is, is putting the brakes on banning menthol cigarettes? You want to know why? <laughs> because... <laughs> Because Al Sharpton told him to. I mean, what? If you're getting advice from Al Sharpton, he's like, look, uh, apparently in the black community, the menthol cigarettes are really very commonly smoked. You probably don't want to do that because black voters will turn away from you more than they already have, really. But you go and do your abortion stuff. All right, gotcha. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you're doing pretty well. Don't forget that. All right. Coming up, it sure sounds like what they want us to do is to get involved in another war. What do we hear this week? Dick Durbin saying, you know what? I think I think that illegal immigrants who come across here and break the law should totally be qualified to be in our military. And if they then serve in our military and we give them freaking guns. that they can fast-track their way to U.S. citizenship. Does that sound like a good idea to you? Well, it sounds very interesting, considering all doors and all roads are open and leading to a, looks like, getting involved in a war. Now, why would they want to do that? It's almost like Joe Biden's problems need a huge, huge smokescreen. Is this it? I'm going to go with probably, and that's scary, next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. All right, so in the you are now dumber file today, and I will get to the warmongering, John Kirby, White House spokesmouth, Vivek Ramaswamy dropping a nugget on Nikki yesterday. I, I do want to get you some of the, the rationale behind this post-millennial story I found. Biden delays menthol cigarette ban <laughs> after black leaders tell him it's racist. We're watering that word down an awful lot. If everything, including banning menthol cigarettes, is racist, is anything really racist anymore? Honest to God. Biden delays menthol cigarette ban after black leaders tell him it's racist? Really? Really? This, this is desperate. This is why Ayanna Presley wants incarcerated felons. They should totally vote. Uh-huh. What? Here's your story. The Biden administration has delayed its ban on menthol cigarettes after strategists. Strategists. Shouldn't you be strategizing why Joe Biden sucks so much? Yes. President Biden, it could be negative and impact support among black voters, leaders in the black community. They claim the ban would foster an underground market and cause police to target black smokers. In a disproportion, do you guys see the police who won't even show up at your door if your burglar alarm goes off or if you're tied in a chair and you try to call 911? They're like, well, 
I, I can be there like the cable company be- between like 10 a.m. and Thursday, right? They're going to go into some underground black market menthol cigarette operation and the police are going to come after you? What? Since the black community has drastically dwindled its support for Biden over the past few years, the president's administration isn't taking any chances despite updated health guidance from the FDA and the CDC. But these are the same people who told you it's totally reasonable for you to vaccinate your six-month-old, right? I mean, you should totally go out and do that and make sure you're up to, bo- up to speed on all your boosters. What? Democrat civil rights leader Al Sharpton. <laughs> And the ACLU are among critics of the ban. Sharpton asserts that it would form an underground market, which would result in police disproportionately targeting black people. Said the ban could create another Eric Garner situation. Referring to a black man who died in police custody in 2014 during a dispute about selling illegal smokes. Okay, I can't help people who can't... uh, if, if having a hard time getting menthol cigarettes is enough to push you over the edge, but we've got a wide open border with with rando Calrissian coming in from all over the planet, and that's okay with you with the menthol cigarettes, that's it. I'm done. Okay. Have it your way. All right, let's talk about war. It's gotten a little bit, a little too common, this talk about war. Well, Russia is this, blah, 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 and they're going to get us an award. If you don't give us money, we're not going to be able to send it to Ukraine. Ukraine's going to lose. Putin's going to invade. Blah, 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 all this dictator. Oh, my. Then it's NATO. Then we're in war. Your kids are going to go. What? This is a great distraction when Hunter Biden, of course, is supposed to be testifying before Congress. But it looks like they're going to have to hold him in contempt. Guy hasn't shown up, I don't think. It's also a great distraction when more financial documents are coming out showing that Hunter and Joe We're in business together, like anybody wasn't aware of that. Here's John Kirby preparing, greasing the skids, as we say, for your son's daughter's grandchildren to be shipped away. Listen. And so we can't support Ukraine. Their chief advisor yesterday said they're likely to lose this war if they lose U.S. support. And Putin gets all of Ukraine, then what? Then where does he go? Because right then, he's up against the eastern flank of NATO. And if you think the cost of supporting Ukraine is high now, just imagine how much higher it's going to be, not just in national treasure, but in American Mm. blood, if he starts going after one of our NATO allies. Because as the president also said, we take our Article 5 commitments very seriously. You know, they've never asked you, how do you feel about Ukraine? Are you done funding this? Do you know what you've gotten? Have you gotten any receipts? Do we have a progress report? What's going on? Now, if they surveyed the actual voters who they think are too stupid to realize that Bidenomics is lousy, are you ready to send your kids to Ukraine? Because we want the money laundering op to continue, I bet you they'd have a very quick answer. And then they wouldn't be so worried about menthol cigarettes because there would be a lot more people pulling their support. But it wasn't just John Kirby who brought this up. Vivek Ramaswamy last night to Nikki Haley with, I think, a very strong point. This is what he said. And I think those with foreign policy experience, one thing that Joe Biden and Nikki Haley have in common is that neither of them could even state for you three provinces in eastern Ukraine that they want to send our troops to actually fight for. Look at that. 
This is what I want people to understand. These people have, I mean, she has no idea what the hell the names of those provinces are, but she wants to send our sons and daughters and our troops and our military equipment to go fight it. So I want to describe the discomfort of Ron DeSantis sitting in between them like he's watching a tennis match. Nikki Haley looks like she wants to crawl through the ground. Get me out of here. I can't tell you what three provinces are that we want to save. But it's been a great battle cry. Ukraine, get your yellow and blue flag here. Here's my pin. I changed my profile picture. I'm a good person. Vivek Ramaswamy calling it out for what it is. And Ron DeSantis caught in the middle saying, oh my gosh. I hope he doesn't come after me. Call it what it is. War is usually never about what it's about. There's some deep, dark underbelly. What did Vladimir Putin say about Ukraine? Tired of the Nazis. What? I'm tired of funding it all. And we've got Chuck Schumer saying, it's a dark day. It's like it's going to be a dark winter if you don't get vaccinated. But you're awake. See? So, hey, if you're going to be like I am, look, we know what's going on. We see it. We're at 30,000 looking down. Rest assured you're doing just fine. And now you can see exactly the game plan. And if it's been up till this point for you, too, to get into the holiday spirit, maybe today will be your day. See you back here. Same time, same place tomorrow. Until then, peace. Peace.